Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. Yes, it is me, T.J. Jackson, and I'm here with my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. Hey, what, what is going on, man? How you doing? I'm great. I'm great. This is um a special, special show. Why is it special, Taj? Because TJ, it's our 300th episode. All right. So two <laughs> before before we get to a really cool graphic, um, I want to say something very, very important, and that is a big thank you to uh, Taj to Terrell. Oh to the entire D.D. Jackson Foundation board, to the entire D.D. Jackson community, to everyone who uh, played a big part in making this show what it's become. Um, when we first came up with the idea to do a show like this, I thought we maybe were hoping for 50 episodes. And here we are on number 300. So let's see something really cool to designate. What's, to, what's the word, Taj? I should know this word to denote oh. to denote our 300th episode. Yeah, yeah you're getting worse. <laughs> 300 episodes, a nice little fun graphic. Uh, you are not alone. That has been the message we have been wanting to project for all these years doing the show. Um, I remember for us, at least for me, it was very isolating when I went through my biggest loss of losing my mother at a young age. And uh, you are not alone. That is the theme and message we have always wanted to, to project to you all. Um, whether it's whatever you are going through, whatever the, the difficult moment it is that you are facing at this time, or maybe you've already faced, that is a key thing to remember, that you are not alone. Now, we are live on Facebook and YouTube. This will also be a podcast in about an hour. So you may be listening to this via the podcast. Um, but there's one thing I do want to say before we get on even further in our, into our show. And that is that we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who experience loss in our lives. We have been impacted by it and we have learned from it. And what we like to do here is share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through. Saying that, if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. Today's date is November 8th, 2023. And for, I would say, about 295 of those shows, we've always talked about our prior week. So I felt, why not be any different, Taj? Is there anything exciting that happened uh, in the last week or so for you? Um, there is a huge wedding. Um, yes, I'm gonna talk about it because it's it um it pertains to us both, but more you yeah. <laughs> in that way. Um, but it was that was a wonderful experience in that yeah. way. Uh, I I think let's talk about that. You you could jump the gun because I really don't have anything else to say. So I would I kind of would love to talk about that a little. Yeah. So uh, first of all, weddings are a powerful, beautiful thing. Uh, I remember growing up not wanting to become a husband or not wanting to be married. 
And it was marriage, uh, marriages and weddings that really changed my outlook on that. And I'm so happy it did because I, I can't. He's not kidding either. He really was anti-marriage. Oh, I, I was. I yeah. was. I, I did never thought I would want to get married. I didn't see the benefits of it. But like I said, going to weddings, I really learned about the power of union and, and having that best friend, supporter, uh, person with you in your corner. And especially since this is a show about loss and grief, the importance that role can play. With that said, um, on Saturday, November 4th, uh, we had a very special wedding. Our beloved Lexi, my daughter, got married to Lily, And uh, I couldn't be any happier for them both. It was so sweet seeing them both so happy, so full of love. And one of my favorite things about not only that wedding, but all weddings, is you get to see families come together, um, bond, and and you know just just have a memorable day slash night with um with their loved ones and it's a it's a beautiful 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 um event or a beautiful day in in all of our lives so i'm very appreciative very grateful um for all of that and yes it was definitely a memorable special day for me yeah um yeah but taj you're 100 right i think that was the highlight of the week for both of us, uh, knowing your history of how your life usually rolls, pretty simple, pretty chill. That was <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty, yeah. On, on, on. All right. So, um, but thank you for mentioning it, Taj. And it's, as always, it's always wonderful seeing you, uh, and of course, Tiana. Uh, so, so it's wonderful seeing you guys. So, thank you. Um, all right. Well, Taj, this is just, I feel like a day of just specialness. This is show number 300. Uh, we talked about a special day in the wedding. And I think if it's okay with you, we should talk about our special guest who will be joining us for the special show. Yes. Is that cool with you? Let's do it. All right. So as we commemorate a significant milestone, the 300th episode of the Power of Love show, we have the privilege of welcoming a very, very, very special guest to the show. Caroline Baumis, who is not only part of DDJF's board of directors, but also an integral member of our team, will be joining us. Yes. Caroline has over 25 years of experience in the nonprofit sector with an emphasis on youth and families. Caroline began her career at AmeriCares, where she quickly became the executive director of Camp AmeriKids, one of the first camps for children with HIV, AIDS in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. During her tenure as executive director, Caroline participated in several relief missions across the globe, including the Albania refugee crisis in 1999. Caroline decided to get her master's degree in social work from Fordham and went on to work in the field of social work at the Westchester Institute of Human Development. Caroline quickly realized that social work wasn't for her and felt that healing came from alleviating feelings of isolation. And she went on to lead several small grassroots organizations until she founded her own charity, Camp TLC. Together Living a Challenge, a program for families living with a medical or life trauma. Since its inception in 2011, Camp TLC has run over 40 programs in five states, 
including the challenging region of Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Recently, Caroline also joined the Alzheimer's Association and serves as program manager, where she lends her skills to develop educational programs for Nevada. Caroline joined the board of DDJF in 2019 because she believes in the healing power of music therapy and is working to help expand our programs in the state of Nevada. Here today to share insights into her valuable work in the nonprofit sector and offer a glimpse into her personal journey. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our dear, dear friend, the one and only Caroline Vomis to the Power of Love show. Caroline. Watch, you correct me if I'm wrong. Is Caroline the not the first non brother that is a board member that's been on the show? Am I saying that right? Yeah, I She's think the first board yeah. member. You're yeah. the first non 3T face on the power of love. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. part of DDJ. Yeah. I had to I had to look up the day we met at camp. It was 2013. Wow. Was it? Yes, because you were having camp in Watts and we were starting our camp. And I was like, who are these people on my turf? Because all my favorite kids were in your class. So I was the one that was just walking back and forth trying to distract them. Like, I'm here. <laughs> Don't forget about me. That's been a long time. I, it's, I, I didn't realize that, Caroline, but I love it. Um, now, before I get into our line of questions, which we like to do um, for all our guests, Caroline, I just want to inform everyone that Caroline is truly a special person. Uh, she has her hat in so many baskets that are all helping others. And you are someone that I look up to, Caroline, and someone that I really commend and, and appreciate. And really, DDJF would not be the same without your presence. So uh, on behalf of my eldest brother, Taj, and the whole board, we are so blessed and lucky to have you. So uh, thank you for that. Okay. Now, Caroline, for the past 25 years, you have devoted a huge significant part of your life to assist youth and families in the nonprofit field. My first question to you is what initially ignited this inspiration within you and what continues to drive your unwavering dedication to making a difference in the lives of others after all these years? Good question. Uh, my first job was with AmeriCares and it was just this magical, magical, amazing place where you worked hard, you play hard. It was very small at the time. I, I probably maybe 50 employees. Um, and it just, I like to, to, I can't give it justice, but I hated going home on Fridays. I just love being there. And within that I grew to be a humanitarian, you know, and to care about others. And I made that commitment that I wasn't going to build a career on money or that window overlooking Manhattan. I wanted my life to be something that I would make a difference. And that kind of kickstarted it. Like that will always be my number one, hugest piece of my heart will be my AmeriCares chapter. Wow. Yeah. Todd, were you going to say something already? Todd, <laughs> by the way, Caroline, Todd always waits till the end before he starts asking questions, but I, I, I felt something. Maybe it wasn't a question. I just said amazing because it is amazing uh, in that yeah. way. When someone decides I'm going to, you know, the humanitarian route as opposed to 
the glitz and glamour route that we're conditioned, you know, by society to go after. You know, it's commendable in that way. And you can, I mean, you obviously, Caroline, you know that in that way, because it's like, that's why we do this is, is to help others and that. But for people listening and stuff like that, it it, it is sometimes the, it's the harder route, but the mo more rewarding route, I would say. Yeah. And the communities and the bonds that you make in the nonprofit sector are just, you know, unbelievable. I would not have gotten through this summer without all of those chapters of people coming forward from AmeriCares. You know, every part of my nonprofit career, people came forward to just support me through that summer. So that's great. And, and Caroline, I commend you because I love how you realize that that's the value in life is that yeah. you don't, I, I love that. And I, I would say the vast majority of people never get there, you know, and, and I guess maybe it was your experience at AmeriKids that really just really solidified that life isn't about material things. It's about connecting and, and making a difference. And that is a, a lesson that, um, like I said, most people never get to. So for you to, to, to see that and experience that and realize that when you did, and again, to continue on, you know, even deeper into the world of healing and helping others has been a beautiful thing to 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 be part of, to see you do. So uh, I commend you for that. Yeah. Very much so. And, you know, I feel that I'm on the lucky end of the spectrum. You know, I've always worked in diverse communities. I've always have, I have friends across the country, you know, and I love my job. I love my job at the Alzheimer's Association. I love when I take days off today to work on board stuff that I'm behind on and can't do, but it fuels my passion and it's what gets me up in the morning. So, it's not work. Love it. Love it. So um, obviously motivated by your dedication for serving others, you took the very bold step of establishing your own nonprofit organization, Camp TLC, which stands for and represents the powerful idea of together living a challenge. What inspired this creative name? And as you embarked on the journey of bringing your vision for Camp TLC to life, what have been the most gratifying as well as challenging aspects you've encountered along the way? Uh, the name was by fluke because I originally had this idea and I was going to go across country in a tour bus and a big tractor trailer. And I, my friend, they kind of, they gave, they turned over the Joey DePaulo AIDS Foundation because they were kind of dormant. And they had a program called Camp TLC Teenagers Living a Challenge. And if you own a business or know, have a nonprofit, changing the name is absolutely impossible. You might as well <laughs> go and get a whole other, you know, a whole other nonprofit status. So I, we just cut the other board we're like together living a challenge and i think that was the whole purpose of it was to bring people that would feel isolated together and we're all living a challenge everybody has something that they're going through you know at some time or another uh, i just put on the overlay uh the all the information for camp tlc you can learn more about caroline's camp tlc at the camp tlc.org or on facebook camp tlc uh, connecting kids that break the mold. I love that. So, Caroline, I, I want to ask you, who, who specifically would you say is Camp TLC for? Who who do people, when should I definitely reach out to you and, and, and the foundation 
when I, when I or someone I know is experiencing what? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, camps kind of evolve throughout the years and depend on where we are. We do a lot with special needs families and families that are going through life threatening illnesses. Um, we've done work in foster care. We've done work in homeless shelters. It kind of just, it's varied on who in that site can help us lead a project. And obviously funding is a huge part of it as well. So it's kind of evolved into what I've wanted to be, but it also has the freedom to think out of the box and come up with new solutions. Okay. So uh, I had the email up. I'm going to put it right back up, but is this where people can more learn more information? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the camp tlc.org or on mm -hmm. Facebook camp TLC. Beautiful. Okay, cool. Just I want to make sure we get that because I know you, I know Caroline, whatever Caroline does, her heart is into it. So I want to make sure all of you have that information. Now, unfortunately, like so many individuals who work in the grief space, you unfortunately have experienced your own loss and endured the depths of grief. While this past year was particularly heavy for you, Caroline, you found solace and strength in what you refer to as the five pillars. Now, these pillars, which include distance, work, support system, Peloton, and gratitude, proved to be invaluable for yourself during this time. Can you share with us a bit about what each of these pillars entails, how they provided you with support and resilience, and offer any advice or guidance on how we can identify our own unique pillars that can help sustain us during difficult chapters of life? Sure. And I just want to start by everyone's grief journey is different, right? And everyone has different losses. And I understand a parent or a spouse or a child can be different, you know, from the losses that I had. This was just what I needed to do to get, you know, that gut punch feeling when you lose somebody that's really important to you and you wake up every morning and it's like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, and you, you just want that feeling to go away. You know, you want to wake up to some kind of normalcy, you know, and I was, I didn't want to be as I was staring at my window, seeing happy people going, that's not fair. Um, so there are things that just really helped me throughout the summer. And number one would be distance, um, not being in my hometown, not being 25 minutes from Gina or my brother, Michael. And obviously I wasn't going home every weekend. So I didn't have those memories. And for me, I've been looking at, you know, I think about them often, but it's more in chapters of my life. You know, the holidays are coming and I'm thinking of holidays we spent together, childhood chapters, because that's really what you have to come to terms with, right? Those special parts of your life, your new normal is not with them in it. Mm -hmm. So the distance for me really, really helped. Like it just, my brain wasn't processing the memories as much as it was able to process the grief, if that makes any sense at all. Yes. My brain wasn't able to process the memories. Say it one more time, please. My brain didn't have to process like, oh no, that's where I was with, I saw my brother at lunch there last week or Gina and I always ate lunch here. It wasn't doing that. It was just focusing on the loss that I felt in the moment, not surrounded by all those memories. I wasn't in my hometown. I wasn't driving by her house, you know, and all those things that to me would have been incredibly hard to deal with. What? What if you, what what advice would you give to someone who's dealing with? <sighs> Let me say it this way: you you had a tough year, you had a, a very tough year, and it, it was I want to I don't want to say secession, but there was multiple things that happened that would made your year even more challenging and difficult. 
um, even even supporting others that have difficult years. You're surrounded by um, helping others who are going through some of their challenging moments. So we kind of mentioned this in the I think the previous episode, Taj, where we wanted to know how do you how do you find time for yourself when you're about when you're going through it yourself? How are you able to I don't want to say stay strong enough because that's the wrong word, but how are you able to be resilient enough being in a grief space and then dealing with so much personal grief yourself? What is your go to thing or what advice would you have for someone who's going through a lot of grief? You know, I'm everyone has to do what feels right for them. And, you know, I talk about one of the things was the pillars were gratitude and love. And I just surrounded myself all summer with things that I love, people that I loved. And I just if people offered it, I took it. You know, people mm. come of, people come out of the woodwork to offer, you know, support. Um, and that goes into I have the most amazing support system out there, you know, and I I a lot of that is, you know, my DDGF family, my camp family, my Alzheimer's. I had childhood friends. If there wasn't somebody flying out here every week, you know, every other weekend in the summer, my friends in Nevada were making sure that, you know, we were doing our structure. We were going to brunch. We were doing the things that we normally did to keep me in that. And I think that's hard. A lot of people don't have that. And I was very fortunate, you know, and it's, you know, you always, people say, well, I didn't even, I don't even know who sent what. And you don't, you know, the cards come in, the flowers come in, but then you have, and everything seems to fade after those couple of weeks. Um, And my poor friends, you know, so I lost my best friend on June 3rd and then my brother on June 25th. And it, it felt like a cruel joke. Like I just kept, what did I do? Um, but they re- my friends really held my hand and my heart throughout the summer. And that made it so much easier for me mm. to do. And a lot of people don't have that luxury. And, you know, that's one of the reasons of my next project. But mm-hmm. I was very blessed. I mean, people that sent flowers when the whole thing was over. Um, you know, Gina's husband made necklaces he was going to give her a ring for her 50th birthday. He made all of her close friend necklaces out of the stones that were going to be in that ring. So there were a lot of love, positive milestones that came out of the grief that for me, I chose to hang on to because the sadness was just too much and it wasn't me, you know, and Mm. I'm not, I I don't have, I have a, a gene that enables me to get out of bed and be somewhat happy. I know a lot of people don't, so I just worked hard to find the love and the gratitude. And I really leaned on my support system. And every day I would write down 10 things I was grateful for. It could be the sun was shining or it could be yeah. something more in depth. Like how lucky was I to have this friend that I talked to for two to three hours a day for 20 something years, you know, and hold on to that. I, I love that answer, Caroline. Uh, I'm a big believer of, of gratitude. That's something I learned really on the show. I've always known about gratitude, but the importance of implementing it, especially during difficult moments. Uh, that's something that we learned from Tosh. What's Mary's mom's name? Lynn. Lynn. Yeah. Lynn. Um, she was a guest on ours and obviously someone we've known from the past. Um, but yeah. And then what I also love that I want to ask you about is you said, I accepted the support. I accepted the not a lot of people know how to, and um, I loved hearing it. Taj, were you wanting to say something? About oh, that? I was gonna, I was gonna echo that because that's the two things that, that I got to out of it that mm-hmm. were kind of the lessons throughout these three hundred episodes in terms of 
new things that I was like, oh, I have, I, I don't do that. Yeah. And, and started implementing it in that way. Cause I definitely don't, um, I'm one of those people that don't want to burden other people. So that's the second time we've heard a, um, a guest say, you know, ex, um, that accepting that help and accepting people to help you, which is, it's healing for them. They, they, they feel like they're helping you. They feel like they're doing something. I get it now, but for me, that's not how my brain was operating in that way. So I, I thank you for re-emphasizing that. Yeah. And it was hard. I mean, you know, the other, it was, it's hard because it was so important for me to just hold on to that love. Like life is, a, you don't get the highs in life without the lows. You just don't, you know, and part of the lows are when you lose somebody that you love. And so I was on a mission to just create the most highs and things that I could to just get through that gut punching summer mm. where things eventually they'll never be normal. They'll never be what they were, but I was used to my new normal and could handle it in a healthy way. That's such powerful. So powerful, Caroline. And thank you for sharing that the way you just did. Cause I think it's going to help a lot of people. And work. Wow. I mean, work was also extremely busy. I run a respite program. So I kind of do case management for those that have like their caregiver for someone with dementia and everybody in the office was out. And it was the beginning of our fiscal year and 200 applications came in at once and it was just me. And it seemed at the time, like, I don't know how I'm going to listen to everybody's problems all day, but I had to become numb really quick to mine because I had to be there for everyone, you know, that mm. during that nine to five day. And then it kind of numbed me to things. I will, it was a benefit. You would not mm. think that it would be, but it really kind of pushed me through. I, I, that's another thing I've learned in these 300 shows is, is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that there's something about surviving the day, surviving mm -hmm. in the short term, get through the short term, um, whatever it takes to get through, do it, you know, um, th that's a powerful thing. Cause I think sometimes people may feel guilty that they're not mourning or grieving a certain way. Um, so I, I appreciate you sharing that because others have as well, that there's an importance of just getting through those early days, however you can, and letting yourself catch up to what your new reality is, is a very yeah. important thing. And you have to find what you love. You know, the Peloton for me, I'm a big Law of Attraction fan, and I know Peloton's a cult, but <laughs> it really, really, really helped train me mentally, you know, to... I would go back on a lot of classes and I'd retake them. And, you know, simple as Allie loves saying, it's okay to be a mess, but you can't stay there. Mm. You know, And that was like, it was just one of those things where, okay, it's okay to have a morning where I'm sad and I'd pick up the phone, but I can't stay in that, you know, mm. because that's not living my life. And I owe it to everyone around me to be the best that I can. And also, you know, it was hard for my friends that, that I mean, smack dab and all of that was my birthday so can you imagine pe the phone's going off and i people are just like love you like no one knew what to say and that's okay too mm -hmm. you know but it really helped me you know and i go back to same classes and mentally it really just affirmed my belief of the law of attraction gratitude and you know they would at one point one instructor was like you've already made it through your hardest days and i just sat there and cried but i was like you're right like the sting of it you know, that was the hardest. Now it's time for me to heal. And I wanted to heal. I did not want to be sad. And I just didn't. So I grasped whatever I could. And that's what I would tell people, you know, do what you need to do to get through and don't let anyone tell you 
you're not grieving long enough. You should be doing this. Just do what makes you feel good because that's the only way you're going to get out of it. And if that's pizza at 10 in the morning, do it. Yep. I agree. I agree. Now, um, Caroline, out of your personal experience with grief, you found inspiration and are actively transforming your pain into a meaningful purpose through the launch of a new project called Camp Puka. Uh, I am pronouncing it right, right? right? You are. You are. You okay, are. cool. Uh, can you please share with our community what this project means to you? The origin, And I want the origin of its name and what your aspirations and goals are for the camp. It's been a work in progress. We've wanted to do a bereavement camp, as you know, in California, but with COVID and funding and all that kind of shifting, it's kind of been put to the side. Um, so now's the time. And Camp Puka is the nickname my brother would call me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't look it up, because it's like a weird thing <laughs> that like, disturbs you in the middle of the night. And he, Michael would always say it, and then he would throw some shade, you know, and he'd be like, okay, Puka. And then he'd like throw out something that was made to make you everybody laugh around. And he was funny. So he would always kind of just, I knew something was coming when he'd be like, Puka. So, you know, in honor of, you know, that relationship and, um, you know, we've had a lot of loss in our family as well. I just want to create a healing place where people can go and get the support that they might not have that I did or learn to latch on to the things that they love. You know, I mean, there are days I would just put on music and it would change my mood instantly. So find what that is. And I want to create a healing place for families to go because there isn't. You know, there's programs for kids, there's programs for adults, but there's no programs that really take and heal as a family, but create new memories. You know, make more of those highs because you know the lows are going to come. Love that. Love that. So um, when do we have a website or any information yet? Okay. No, we're just getting there. It'll probably be in New York. It'll be next. Probably we'll see in the spring or fall. But it's just going to be a warm place where people can we'll have yoga and music therapy, obviously, with the DDJF. Mm-hmm. Um, and just create a place where people can, as a family, just create new memories. We'll, you know, we'll pay tribute to all of those that we've lost with our memorial wall. And just let people know you're not alone, you know, and hopefully people will meet people that will become their support systems that then they can rely on throughout the year like I had. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, as everything you seem to do, Caroline, you do it with your heart and soul and, and with, you know, with purpose. And, and I'm excited to see this come to light. Um, now, I, I mentioned this in the beginning, in the intro, that we obviously appreciate and value your role um, at DDJF. You are the director of program development for the DD Jackson Foundation. You joined the board in part because you believe, like us, in the profound healing potential of music therapy. Our listeners often donate to help fund our Music Heals program, so we thought it would be interesting, as someone with an insider's perspective, if you could share with our generous community some firsthand experiences you have had during your visits to DDJF's Music Heals sessions to give them some insight into what we at DDJF do. I think the most profound thing for me is just seeing the whole program at camp and watching the change that comes in kids in five days. And mm. music is uni- it's a universal healing. It really is. And just watching kids step into this class and then be able to do something on the talent show that you never thought they'd be able to do, you know, was pretty life altering. And the kids that were always recommended for the program 
we're the ones that were, you know, might be labeled disruptive, but had you know, serious, they had trauma. Um, and the way you change them, the program changes them through music is pretty powerful. I mean, we have the one, she's not a camper anymore. She's in her teens, but she she's written a song about being in foster care. And it was on the news in LA because, you know, saving Cinderella's, but she took the lyrics that Cameron, she just went with it and ended up beautiful her own song. Yeah. That's so, and that's, you know, I think Taj, we've, we've said it many times at those sessions, not here on the show, because it seems like music kills a different lane for DDJF, but we've, because we're musicians and we've been around music our whole lives, we know how um, free people can feel when they write and sing music. It seems like it's a it's a blanket to be able to express yourself however you want and however you need to express yourself. And that is the beautiful thing about the Music Hills classes. These kids who, you know, have various different situations that could be challenging, they're able to express themselves in their own terms, in their own way, at their own, you know, velocity, what they are going through. And and that is one thing, like I said, I learned when when I when I lost my mother was just being able to to get something out. You know, mm-hmm. it's so important. And I didn't go to therapy, and many kids don't go to therapy or, or can't afford it or can't get there, whatever the circumstance or the blockage is. But everybody needs to get it out. And mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, I had a dog. I had music as well. You know, and I played a lot of sports, so I was able to bond and, and get some of that mm-hmm. frustration out playing football or whatever it was. A lot of these kids don't have that. And, and, but everyone seems to love music and, and isn't afraid to be, to do something with music. So, you know, for us, obviously as as musicians, it made sense for us to do a music program, but what I didn't know was how effective it would be. And, and I'm just very proud of, of what all of us at DDJF have been able to do and to continuously grow the music kills program and, and keep it going. So it's a really cool thing. Yeah, and I think the instructors too are amazing. There's, you know, they they, they yeah. stay with us. Yeah. And I think for kids who have had trauma, the first step in healing is not only the music therapy, it's trusting an adult again, especially in foster care if they've been hurt. So they might not have a song by the end of the week, but they do have, I can trust adults again. And that's mm-hmm. the most important gift that we give them. And I think performing arts are just healing for kids. They just, they can tell a story, but it doesn't have to have a name on it. It can just be, you know, whatever, whoever is, you know, telling their story from a third person. And that's an amazing outlet if you can get it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so Taj, am I good? Are you, is there something else that before, there's a couple more questions I got for our Caroline. But no, I don't want yeah, to also just, hog I mean, just, just real quick. I mean, like, obviously with, to you, you know, um, when, when mom pa- passed, music was kind of our savior in that way we didn't know at the time because we were mid album basically we had just we were kind of midway through our album and our mom was our manager and it was almost like having a team without the captain basically Mm -hmm. and it's like we got to win this game for the cap for the for our our our, um coach basically was the idea behind it because our mom was our biggest um person in that way and so I'm thankful that we had that because we did put a lot of our emotions did go into our music in that way. So we might not have known it at the time, but music really um, now fast forwarding music definitely does heal. And it was such a healing factor for us. So 
Um, it's not surprising with these other kids and the younger kids that they get to tell, get it out as well through music, but it's just, it's rewarding at the same time to hear and see their journey. And especially the quiet ones are the ones that really are reserved in there. Mm -hmm. By the end of it, they're out there, you know, at least they're being vocal or at least contributing in that way. And I, so those little steps are, are also important. And conventional therapy is not for everybody. You know, I mean, I went once and I, you know, to a grief counselor, I'm like, I got, I think, yeah, I'm not going to, you know, but it works for other people. But I think what we have to get used to is there are so many different outlets to handle your own grief. You know, music is an amazing one. And it sometimes it gets overlooked at the healing, you know, properties. Yeah. I mean, it can be good and bad. It can also trigger memories too. You know, for a while I could not listen to certain artists that reminded me of Gina. I just, they'd come on and I'd know. Um, but again, you know, I then I'd turn on other songs that would kind of shift my mood. So it's a very powerful tool. Can Absolutely. I ask you a personal, is that, um, can you listen to those songs now? Or not yet. Okay. It's John Mayer and not yet. Yeah. I'm getting, like I'd listen to a couple and then I'm like, mm, not yet. Cause that was like, yeah. the, our, he was like our thing. So I yeah. don't, someday. No, because I've heard that from other people in that way, yeah. uh, in that. So I was just curious about that. Yeah. I did my toe in, but then I'm like, mm, let's go back to, you know, Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So Caroline, uh, one question for you. It's kind of an open, open-ended question, but um, in what ways can our community offer the most effective support for you and the impact, impactful work you do with Camp TLC DDJF and Camp Puka. How can we contribute to the success of these initiatives and assist you in making a difference through these meaningful projects? You can follow us on Facebook. You know, I'm, we're doing the website now. Um, it's Everything's been kind of quiet, right? Coming out of COVID, but we're getting back at it. And just follow our journey. You know, we're always looking for volunteers. I'd love to hear people's stories or what they would like to see at camp. You know, I don't want Camp Puka to be just what I think healed me. I want to hear what other helped other people. Um, and of course, obviously, always we're looking for donations. But I really want to bring, use this as a way to kind of rethink grief, you know, and kind of make it as something that connects people instead of isolates them. Well, uh, I've said it several times before already, and I'll say it again. <laughs> Uh, Caroline is is an unreal person, uh, a huge asset to not only DDJF but the entire nonprofit helping mindset of any organization. Um, so I'm excited for obviously Camp Puka. I think it's a brilliant thing. There's some comments I want to highlight uh, that I will do in a bit. But uh, before I do so, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it over to back to you, Caroline, where I want you to leave our community, uh, whoever's watching, listening, with anything that you want to leave them with. It could be on topic, it could be off topic, but I love to give you, as we do with all our guests, a minute to two minutes, to, however much time you want, really, Caroline, to to, to share with us what you would want us to know at this moment? I think we've discussed it. <laughs> um, you know, I just think, you know, grief is a very powerful thing and it was a very sad summer, but you can come out of it. And, you know, I, I miss my brother, obviously. Um, and I miss Gina very much. You know, we, every morning she was the first person I talked to. Um, 
And, you know, her husband always would go, who are you on the phone with? And her answer would be like, who do you think? And then Ori on my end would be like, what could you two possibly be talking about still? And I'm like, we have lots of things, you know, any inconvenience, but you can get through it. And I think if you find a project, I'm very lucky that I have an outlet. You know, and a friend said that to me, she's like, she lost her brother two days after I did. She's like, you're very lucky that you have this outlet. My answer was, well, come join me and help me build it because I think I am very lucky and you got to hang on to those things that warm your heart because again, you never know tomorrow's not promised. And so how do you want, you know, what do you want your legacy to be and what do you want it to be? And Gina's only, you know, her and my brother only wanted me to be happy. That's, you know, Gina would say every day, just be happy, care, just be happy. And I'm going to, I made that promise to her that I would choose to be happy and, you know, make myself be happy. And she'd probably be now like, you should be over this. It's been six months, like move on. That was Gina, you know? So I think, you know, I remember those things all the day and they make me laugh and she's still in me. And, you know, I think of things my brother would say, cause he was really funny and just hold on to those people. But if you can look for the joy, because it is still there, just might not be what you think it is. Well said, well said. Um, let me say, let me put a couple of things. Lana's little thing says, Caroline, you really are a courageous soul. Very inspiring. Um, I had to I thought I would cry, but I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Lana also say, families grieve and often become distant rather than together. I love, love, love what you're doing, Caroline. Oh, for you. families to heal together. All capitalization on the word together. Thank you with five four hearts and a hundred. Um, so I agree. I agree. There's something that can happen when we lose and grieve. Families can be separated and, and more distant. So the fact that Kampuka is, is going to try to to help that, you know, that uni unity and that bond is, is awesome. So um, one more special message we have is from our own Miss Caitlin uh, Corey, who says, we love you, Caroline. I love you um, too you know that's a hundred percent true and exactly um but i think that is it i think we've 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 touched on everything we are at the past the close to the 45 minute mark uh, taj was there anything else you may want to ask caroline or share with caroline and then also caroline if there's anything else you want to say to our community no i mean obviously just really happy first of all happy that's the 38 300th episode 30th short changing us 300th episode <laughs> but and that um it's with caroline it's like oh, those, those two things are awesome i i remember the prospect of her coming on to the uh, to our board and how excited we were and just hoping that she would be a part of it and see the value of of us in that way because we were so young back then in terms of our yeah. the foundation in that way and it really is about credibility but it's also about the strength of your board in that way and we have we have such an amazing board as we always say and we're just always so grateful and, and you know it's amazing that this is the first time i think as you mentioned that we have a board member on <laughs> our show officially on our show in that way but it's it's yeah we're very honored and, and blessed to have you Thank you. I feel the same. And I mean, I've watched the DDJ grow from one program, I think ours, right? In Watts. Yeah. Now we're yeah. in New York. Yeah. Michigan. We're going to be in Nevada. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean. And of course, still in LA. Lot. So, yeah. yeah. And still in LA. 
Yeah. And it's amazing that it's just, and if we have the money and people should donate and we could be in every city. And I think that's what we all want because we know the importance of this program and everyone in our group is so special and so dedicated. So it yeah. makes it really easy. Yeah. Well said. All right. So I think I owed Todd a call. So I got <laughs> <laughs> right. well, well, let Well, let's wrap it up. But um, again, a special thanks to you, Caroline, for Thank being you. here for our special episode. And of course, thank you to all of you out there in the community yes. who have supported DDJF. You can obviously donate with the link in the bio uh, or in the description box, I should say, but even just spreading it, just sharing the, the what you know about DDJF, your favorite episode, a, a post, all of that really contributes to expanding what we're trying to do. Um, make sure to keep an eye on Caroline. We will let you know through the DDJF network when Camp Puka is up and running and how you guys can follow. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, please be safe. Please enjoy the rest of your week. And that is it. We love you all. And we will see you next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Adios, everyone. Bye.